Spotify. We've seen a whole bunch of elections that it's been like election fatigue. Before we get to that point, yeah. let's just let's jump in it right <laughs> quick. Look, we know this is good. Fuck that. That's cool. That's cool. Cause we really we trying to get it in there. We've been running it for a little while, so y'all y'all really just getting a taste of it for real, for real. So this is about to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. It's your most humble and gracious host, TT. I got my fucking dog right here with me. And this is the Raw Talk Podcast. What you say, brother? How you doing, man? You doing all right? So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we got the exclusive here today. You feel what I'm saying? We got an opportunity to be, uh, you know, we say that we're a public health podcast, community health podcast. So, we're talking about the health of the people. You feel what I'm saying? Talking about the health of our neighborhoods and everything like that. So, of course, we got to talk to the leadership. Facts. You feel what I'm saying? We got to talk to the leadership when it comes to dealing with the health of our community, dealing with the health of our public, you know what I'm saying? So, again, we got some leadership in here today, some future leadership in here today, right now, uh, running for city council member, District D. Yep, 7 Wall, 8 Wall, 9 Wall, Gentilly, a little bit of East, Lakeview. Yeah. To all you people. Huge job. Huge job right there. We need y'all to come out and vote. You feel what I'm saying? McDonough 35 alumni, alumni of University of New Orleans. Yep. All right, from the city, you know what I'm saying? Play football, you know what I'm saying? Blessed by the hands of Coach Reese, God rest his, God rest his soul. Amen. You know what I'm saying? This, you know, this born, bred, New Orleans own, Troy Glover. Listen, and before I, before I, Squirrel introduced himself as Squirrel from the Night Wall. I'm originally from Uptown, even though I'm running in 7 Wall, 8191s until I grew up in the Calio, bro. Word, Calio bound. I used to word. be in the Master P videos. You go back and check. I was in a Hootie Hoo video. Really? Oh, everything. Yeah. I was in a Hootie Hoo video. Yeah. Dirty little kid. I ain't had no shirt on, no nothing. Oh, no, 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 oh, I'm telling you. I was right there back in town in the Hooli Hootie Hoo video, bro. Right, I appreciate right, right, right. y'all having me. It's super good to be Man, on, bro. Awesome, bro. Awesome. We appreciate you for coming through. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. You dig? So we got, uh, again, we got Troy Glover here. You know, he running for city council member, District D. We got a few questions for him, of course. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to get the exclusive. I know Squirrel had a, just had a question. He was just asking, like, how long he was running for office for. But let's let's start from the beginning. You know, start from the tip top. All right? So, Troy, I let me tell you how I know Troy. I know Troy because me as a youngin', real, real, real young baby in the game, I think this is probably like my first year in high school. You know what I'm saying? We fresh after Katrina. You feel what I'm saying? I probably like got introduced to Troy on the football field. Yep. You feel what I'm saying? I'm playing JV uh, for McDonald 35, 8th grade. Troy, you was what, like a junior or a senior? I think senior so. Yeah. You know yep. what I'm saying? What year you graduated? I graduated 2011. Okay, I graduated 09. It was supposed to be 08, but I got them, them credits from Texas then transferred. Right, right, so right. So I ended right, up graduating right. 09. Okay, all right. So you graduated 2019. All right, so that was my freshman year. Okay. All right, cool. So Definitely been, you know, been knowing Troy and knowing about Troy for a little, uh, for a while now. You know what I'm saying? Been seeing they be been doing some great things in the you city. You knew a different Troy though, huh? You knew a different. I Troy. I know a different Troy. All right. Well, we gonna get we can get into all of that. You feel what I'm saying? We gotta get your story. That's what this is for. You feel what I'm saying? That's what this is for. So people can know. Literally, first question that I have is, who is Troy Glover? 
Yeah, bro. That's I think that's a tough question, man. And I think you know we a lot of different things make up who we are. A lot of it is like your experience, where you come from, your background, where your people from, etc. So I think the start, like I'm a daddy. I got two kids. I got awesome. a two year old son, Dude's my junior, and I got a yep, and I got an eleven year old daughter um, that I had when I was nineteen. As soon as I graduated three five, I was out there wilding, and yeah. pop went out at nineteen, which was stupid, stupid, but a lot of lessons learned. So I think it first, is, like. I'm a I'm a daddy and I'm a father. I love my kids, um, and then I would say like I'm 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 born and bred, and um, everything that I do bleeds New Orleans. Right. Um, that's in the work that I do. That's in how I talk. That's in how I act. How I write. How I show up. Um, I think I'm just a New Orleans kid who's been through a lot. And who's taking the time and opportunity to give back and invest in community in a way that so many people invested in me. And, I mean, that's part of my story, just investing in people in a way that this city and people in this city has invested in me. So I think if you take the collection of that, you know how you make the gumbo, put that all in the pot, stir that right. up, then the, somehow, right. some way you'll get Troy with a lot of other stuff. It's like everybody got their own, like, unique mixture. Absolutely. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody is, like, crazy because this yep. city is not that big. Yep. This city is not that big. And, like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, his story from my story, your story, that shit probably happened within, like, 10 miles of each other. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Within 10 square miles. So that's the yep. crazy, you know, that's crazy about that. Very colorful mm-hmm. city, you feel what I'm saying? So it's good to have you here, Troy Brown. I appreciate know. it, man. Nah, I appreciate excited. you, man, just for coming out. Just I'm kind of just, just rem- not necessarily reminiscing, but just recalling, you know what I'm saying, like where we were before. You feel what I'm saying? And, like, you know, just however, whatever kind of conversation, just us in passing, just knowing each other, seeing each other, you feel what I'm saying, just to be like, damn, this is some amazing shit that's happening. You know, the funny thing is, when I see people, and, like, I get a lot of love from folks who who graduated with me who went to 3-5, mm-hmm. and I think when I graduated 3-5, I was voted, like, the least likely to succeed because I was wilding at 3-5. Uh-huh. And so people always say, like, damn, Troy, like, I don't even know much about this politics shit. But, like, I'm just so surprised to see you doing it, and I'm so happy to see you doing it. Um, And so happy to see um, that you changed your life in such a different way um, that is resonating with folks. So I'm just trying to continue that path and that journey, bro, to show people what's different and what's possible. And I think we got a chance to do that. Man, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, like, just start from the beginning. Like, so let's, let's talk about, like, you can kind of touch into some things, you know what I'm saying, if you want to touch into, like, a past, some past situations so people just know who you are. Yep. But also, you know what I'm saying, just letting us know, like, what sparked the change. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it, a lot of – you always have to go back to the origin story because yeah. that's that, that's what's built and shaped every person for who they are. So I grew up in the Calio. Um, I grew up with my mom and my daddy. I'm named after my daddy. When I was two, my daddy got killed literally in front of our porch. Somebody knocked on the door, shot him 10 times. We were standing in the Calio, um, and, and then my daddy was killed. I, I, um, once my daddy got killed, my mama, as I, I understand now, I understand better now than I did when I was younger. My mama was like, damn, I just lost right my, my fiance, the person who I love. And I got I have an older sister who's two years older than me. And I got a two, uh, a two, a four year old and a two year old. My older sister was four. I was two. And so my mama started wilding. My mom was on crack and alcohol for like the next 20 years. Damn, she was just damn. wilding. 
And so when I say New Orleans raised me, I mean New Orleans raised me. I stayed around, moved around. I stayed with some aunties who didn't know how to handle me and didn't know how to raise a black boy. I stayed with some cousins, right? I stayed with some friends. I was on a move trying to figure out how to navigate this life while seeing my mama suffer and hurt and be in pain because losing her fiance and the person that she loved while having um, two sisters. I had my younger sister. So I think that shaped the trajectory and the path. Yeah. Um, and from there, I moved around, bro. We moved. I, I, I tell my sister and them, you know, people always say, what school you went to? I went to legit like 10 different elementary schools because we moved around so much. Andrew Jackson, Savannah, Toma LaFome, um, Gus, um, uh, like a whole bunch of elementary schools. And then ended up landing at Woodson, which was great for me. Miss Laurie, shout out to Miss Laurie. I think she's still a principal somewhere. But um, they saw my situation and took care of me. And as 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 much gripe that we have with our education system, black women and black men, but black women have a special way of realizing the pain and hurt that they that the young kids go through, yeah. and really like bringing them in. And Absolutely. a good example is like with Miss Laurie, and who I remember was my principal, and Miss Gray, who was my my second or third grade principal. Right. They knew I was struggling. And so every field trip I had, they paid for it. When I needed money for lunch, they paid for it because they knew I couldn't afford this shit. Ladies and gentlemen, your teachers. Facts. Your teachers. Yep. Everybody got a, I don't give a fuck who you is. Everybody got a teacher. Yep. And by, and like your teachers, ladies and gentlemen, have, like they care about you in a way that you will, won't understand until you're older. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to understand yeah. until you're way, way, way older until you just understand, like, all of the things that you like. Like, you just not realizing it in the moment. Yep. So that's a beautiful thing because I'm an educator. You yep. know what I'm saying? So it's like I like I understand that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know kids like you. Because just imagine how many times that story is told. Right. right? Black boy, black girl. Not raised in a two-parent household, either your people in jail or somebody on drugs, right? And you're struggling. Right. New Orleans right. is a super tough city for any black boy. The trauma rates. Any person. They say, like, I think the stats are over 50% of kids in New Orleans have either know someone who's been killed or seen somebody got killed. That shit, that ain't normal. That, normal. that ain't normal. That's, that's all, that's, all types of trauma. That's PTSD. P- all for, for generations. Um, and so that's, that's part of the story. I ended up getting into Woodson, play football at Woodson. Then Coach Reese saw me. I was getting in trouble at Woodson. He was like, come to 3-5. And growing up in a project, all my people went to full share Booger T. So I knew I was going to full share Booger T. I was going to full share where that blue and blue. I was going to Booger T. And I ended up, right? And I ended up in 3-5 with that khaki on khaki. Oh, yeah. The dicky fit. The dicky fit with the G-Nights. Walked in school, walked in somebody else's school. Like, what the hell is this? The dicky click? It was just dicky down. My upbringing in the Calio is what actually got me through 3-5 because Tamika from the project used to make the fake J's and the fake G-Nights and all that. She stayed in the Calio for Tamika. Absolutely. Yep. 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 So all my people, my ninth grade, yeah, you know, you had to wear all black shoes, but yeah. you kind of get away with wearing a little white in them. I couldn't afford real G-Nikes or Jordans or none of that. And so I used to go to Tamika, get them for the low. Um, and, and that, that what made me get into the crowd, bro, having them look fake G-Nikes and stuff from Tamika. So I think that was part of the story, bro. I went to 3-5, got into Buku Trouble. But again, educator stepped in, and instead of sending me home because they knew home was crazy, they put me on in-school suspension. Um, then ended up um, staying here for Katrina, bro. Was in a Superdome for five days, went to Texas, came back and graduated from 3-5 finally, man. What you know, 
everybody, people ask what high school you graduated from. So I was adamant about coming back from Texas after Katrina to make sure I get back to 3-5 to graduate. Oh, yeah. I couldn't say I graduated from a... Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't graduate from a Texas school, bro. I just couldn't do it. That's real. And it, it's crazy because, like, I, I was a little bit younger, like, at the time, you know, during Katrina yep. and everything like that. So it's like, again, like, I didn't even know that I was able to go to 3-5. I wouldn't yep. have been able to go to 3-5 if it wasn't for Katrina. You feel what I'm saying? So it kind of was like, because they didn't have A grade before Katrina. Yep. And they only added it literally just to have, you know, accept more kids like in the neighborhood and everything like, who didn't have a school to go to. So I literally moved back, was on the block. And so, like, it was, that's kind of like a crazy, like a blessing on some stuff just to be able to even come back to yep. three five to be open. Like, right after Katrina, because so many schools were still, like, yep. down and out. You feel yep. what I'm saying? So, 3-5 was definitely a, a blessing for a lot of us. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Listen, I, I tell people 3-5 saved my life. If it wasn't for Miss Shap and Miss Downs, who just Shout retired, Mr. Mm-hmm. Manuel. I remember I remember all these people, but, like, yeah. like Ms. verbatim. Like, Mr. Manuel, Mr. Right? White, Mr. Harris. Yep. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. That You know that. The alumni base is strong. I just paid my dues. I'm a life member at 3-5 for the Alumni Association. Oh, yeah. I said, let me figure out how to support 3-5. Um, so that 3-5 that story, bro, I graduated, and then I started. My mama was still wilding, and I had two sisters to take care of, so I started selling drugs like an idiot, being around the wrong people, selling weed and crack, just tripping, um, and then ended up getting arrested. Um, and I went in there, bro, and this one I knew something needs to change. I was sitting in a holding cell, and um, they had a young dude in there. And he's sitting next to me, but he's crying. And I'm probably like 17 at the time. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to get it. I got to get out this bitch. And so I'm sitting there. And an older dude come up to him. And he come, he start rubbing his head. And he's like, it's going to be all right. And I'm like, damn, jail ain't that bad, nigga. Like, he rubbing him. Like, it's like niggas consoling you. It's not bad. And so I said, this ain't that bad. Legit. Three seconds later, he reached back and slapped this man in the face so hard. It says, shut the F up. Stop fucking crying. Okay, this is jail. You got you to gotta fight up for yourself. I hopped up, and I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here, bruh. The dude went crying to the guard, and the guard told the dude, and I remember this day. I'm laying, and I'm sitting there. He was like, I can't help you if you can't help yourself. Oh, huh? And I said, I ain't never coming back to this bitch. I said, <laughs> I said let me get out of here, oh, bruh. Yeah. Let me figure out what people that I know, what resources I have to get out of here, bruh. Um, but it's from that, I saw that story and I knew, like, I was thinking I can't be the only person that has to share story, right? That have yeah. some type of trauma that's really just, um, wilding because I don't really know what to do. I'm hurting inside. Right. I need some resources, right? I need to figure this out right. and I need that support. Um, and so I went to, I, I ended up graduating through five. I, I figured out my court situation. It put me on probation and gave me a little slap on the wrist. Um, and I was like, fuck, let me try this college shit. And so I tried college. First person in my family to step on the college campus. I went to Southeastern and Hammond for a year and a half. I super failed out of there. Like after a year and a half, I left super, super fell. I left Southeastern nice. with a 0.741 GPA. I was I was out there with them LeBan Rouge dudes. They had a little New Orleans click. We was wilding. Came back to New Orleans and was like, let me figure this shit out. Went to Delgado for a couple of years. Started to work and do shit that felt good, like uh-huh. giving back the community. So 
this job hired me while I was giving out $20,000 grants to community groups. So they said, I want you to find groups that's doing good work in the community and we'll give them $20,000 as a grant. I was like, shit, I could do that. Right. So I went around looking for organizations Mm -hmm. that's doing good work in the community that I can give grants. And then from there, bro, I started working at this organization called You Run Nola, where it's like black kids don't have access to health equity. So they don't have oh. access to good good food um, and exercise. Right. So I was like, shit, I won't make sure black kids have access to health and good food Absolutely. and all that. And so I started working with them. Um, and then from now, I was like, man, look at the juvenile public defender's office. Because I saw a stat that said 99% of the kids that get arrested in the city are black boys. 99. 99. This city is in 99% black kids. They got white kids here too. But 99% of the kids that's arrested are black kids. 99. 99. That shit, I had, that shit had to register right quick. But 99? 99. So I said, hold on. This don't, I don't, I ain't, I ain't do math that good, but this don't sound right. Hold up. 99. I just fucked my head up on some stuff. 99. 99. Who you see? Funny story. You think you think little black boys and girls the only kids that's committing crimes or doing stuff? Man, hell no. That is true though. Then why they the only ones in jail? And so I said, I need to do something about that. And so I start, right, absolutely. Yeah. So I said, let me start going to schools doing know your rights training so you can know what to say, know what to do, make sure our people can't get pulled from That's school. Hella absolutely, bro. Fighting back, right. changing laws. Um, and I just kept fighting, bro. So from that pad, I just was like, everything, anything and everything I can do to um, really change the systems, organizations, educational system, et cetera, that impact and touch black people. I was like, shit, I got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in for it. This is before I was getting paid for it. I'm like, I like, this is my life's work. I got to make sure this shit is taken care of. And so, and so when you realize that you know what I'm saying? Like, so at the point of realizing that you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you feel? Like, I don't think you realize it all at one time. Okay. For me, at least, I think it's a bunch of learnings over times right. where you're learning more, you're getting more stats, you, you, you're doing more research and then shit hitting you in your face. And then you realize, like, when you look and see, like, one, all the people that's been arrested, arrested were black. One, two, when you see, like, damn, like, I grew up in a project. But what that what that mean? Why? Why only black people grew up in a project? Is it like black people not as good as white people? You get what I'm saying? Like, what's right. what's what's going on that black people are? um disproportionately impacted by a lot of laws that govern the city, state, et cetera. And I was like, shit, something got to change. So over time I started to realize more of that, see more of that and say, damn, like one, you don't see a black male with locks that grew up in a project that's been arrested, that had his struggle, grew up to a single parent household. You don't see that person leading the charge because what we always say is young people say, it's like, I don't got nobody to relate to. I was in your shoes. Right. And so you can relate to me. So over time I see it and I build it out and I learn more. And every time I learn more, I just try to pull pe- more people up with me. That's the approach for me, bro. Yeah. I learn more, figure out what's not working, figure out what's broke and figure out how we can fix it. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's been the approach. Absolutely. That's great. Cause I, cause understanding what to fix and how to fix it. That's an engineer. Yeah. That's a, Facts. that's a real skill. I'm a hood engineer. 
Right. Hood, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially on a social level when yeah. shit ain't just yep. black and white. You know what yep. I'm saying? When it ain't just all schematics. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's really relationships. You know what I'm saying? Again, fundraising. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, environment, time. Yep. A little a little blessings here and there. You know what I'm saying? Some shit that could possibly go wrong, but it ended up working out in your favor. Like, all of those things need to come together in order for, you know, something I say like I got to be the luckiest dude in the world, bro. All the times where I could have slipped or that could have been it for me. Like, I got pot in the lie. I got my cousin doing life in jail. My little cousin who's, like, Five, ten years younger, about to be doing life in jail. Yeah. Um, I, my partners then got killed. I didn't got a partner got shot in front of me. So I say, like, I got to be the luckiest dude ever to be able to still exist in this space. And so for me, that's an obligation and responsibility to, like, make sure I'm giving back and not wasting it. Right. And I wouldn't necessarily, you know, to, just to push back a little bit on that luck word, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's a luck. It just literally, that simply means that your something was written for your yeah. life. You feel what I'm saying? Like something was that. written for your life that could that. be taken away until it was fulfilled. I feel that. And you I feel that way. So, yeah. yeah. Like in, in a, lot of the, a lot of the things that, you know, that we do or that we once was, you know, into, you know what I'm saying? All of the danger and shit yeah. that we put ourselves into, we oftentimes, again, like you just did, look back at it and just wonder like, damn, how? You know what I'm saying? It's just... That's what was supposed to happen. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? That was meant to happen. So this is that was supposed to be a part of your story. Yeah, and I you think it is. Saying? And that's so. why this run for city council for me is so important, bro. And people don't know it's super important. Every especially for the city council, which people don't know what and what the city council does, but people know the mayor, T D Kentrell. Right. Right. We we black people then adopted T D. We're about to get into all of that. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna get in, we're gonna get into that too. Okay. That was gonna be kind of one of my next questions. Okay. Like, okay, so as a, like, let's start from the beginning when it comes to that. As a city council member, you know what I'm saying? Can you inform the people like what is the role of a city council member? Because I know there's like, from my from my knowledge of it, there's like maybe what six or seven districts. Good. That's seven. It's seven, seven of them. districts. Yeah. All right, and I know it's like. A, a person representing yep. each district. You feel what I'm saying? I'm yep. guessing. So now what, what's foggy is like the decisions that are yep. supposed to be made from these city council members and what's the process that's supposed to happen in order to keep these people uh, accountable. So first, let me say the city council um, sits next to the mayor or um, on the same level as the mayor. The city council is the legislative branch of the government okay. so the mayor is like the chief person executive in charge branch executive branch exactly right. the city council is the legislative branch so all policies laws etc so like whether 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 you go to jail for week or get a summons that's the city council um whether or not air whether or not we regulate airbnb who's able to have access to affordable housing etc that city council like real day-to-day stuff that impact our lives every day yeah. All that's that's that city council, absolutely, and um, whether uh, so, there are seven members. There's two at large members, meaning they represent the whole city. Mm -hmm. There's one and two, and then it's broken up into five districts that separate the city: A, B, C, D, E. Right. Um, um, I'm running for D. E is the east. C is like by water and across the river. Uh B is mid city, Um, and A is like uptown. Yep, see, is and because zoning um, and redistricting, so how they shape the city. If you see the city council maps, you'll be so confused, bro. 
You'll be so. I was looking at it. Yeah, because even when you see the D map, like the district D map is some of Treme is down broad, down there by Zulu, but then then it come around in Lakeview. On Downman, then all of Gentilly, the eight wall is so, so. This is this is this is the map right here. So it's kind of like it's a little confusing. You'll be confused, bro. Yeah. But if you want to find out what district you in, one app I use is called Go Vote. Go Vote. Yeah. G e a u x Vote. So if you if you type your address in, it can mm-hmm. say search by address. If you type your address in and go to elected officials and scroll down, it'll tell you who your current city council person is. And I think is. Uh, if you're anywhere, again, downtown, Gentilly, yep. whatever, whatever our city councilman currently is Jason Brissett. Jared Brissett. Jared Brissett. Yep. Jared Brissett. So city council members get terms of four years, two terms. So you can do a All total right. of eight, eight years, years in a okay. seat. Jared Brissett, eight years is up. So it's going to be an open seat, meaning right. anybody can, not anybody, there's qualifications, but Absolutely. meaning that he won't be the person that's in the seat. Um, I'll say the, the, the last couple of things that the city council person is over is the money, the operating and capital, capital budget for the city. So Absolutely. where money moves, how oh. money moves, approves okay. the money, et cetera, all, all right. that city council. And then infrastructure and zoning. So when you have a new, when, when they're fixing up the streets in front of your house, uh, when they got a new big building that just came in front of your house, the city council has to approve all that. Now, I was just asking this question. Remember, I had put that video out, and I had tagged, yeah, about the potholes and streets. So I had this issue, bro. This is one of my issues. I ain't gonna lie. As a as a taxpaying citizen, yeah. this motherfucker, I had a problem with this shit. I ain't gonna lie. All right, so we had some potholes and shit out there in the street right there. I'm on Republic and Lafreniere, the Seven Wall. You feel what I'm saying? This District D, mm-hmm. my boy district. So I'm. I'm Expressing his concern. Why it seems like, okay, we had some folks come in and try to fill the holes, but the job that they did was just absolutely atrocious. Like, I'm just looking at this shit, and it looks horrible. It looks like an eyesore, and we don't got nothing but now. I don't own this house, but a black person definitely owns this house. And you could potentially be, like, definitely, like, messing with somebody's pockets because of how the, our neighborhood looks and shit and how is that yeah, exactly you know what i'm saying if somebody wanted to come and buy this house or me like me a renter wanted to come like if i didn't want to be around there then that makes the neighborhood look bad or whatever whatever you could potentially you know ward people away from actually living in the neighborhood yeah no i don't disagree i just was at a meeting the other day and that's that was the biggest talking point so city council person has some say so over that right but more than that there needs to be communication channels for you to be able, for you to be able to say like this shit in front of my house been here for six weeks, yeah. or somebody did something and it's been here for a month. What's what's the response to that? Or what's the follow up from that? And too often, I would see the council people aren't available to say like, oh, let me check on that. Or, oh, let me send somebody to check on that. Um, and so that's for me, that's a big part of it too. The communication piece of it and the transparency piece to say like, say, bro, I know this messed up in front of your house, right? If if somebody messed it up, we'll be in touch. But also, this is how long it's going to take to get fixed. Because a city uh, council person can do that. Okay. Instead sure. of they just be leaving people hanging. Right? You mess mm-hmm. up people's neighborhoods. They walk ability. Being able to pull out their driveway. And then you don't say nothing. And six months later, it's still like that. Let me ask you this. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to, go to the council chambers, but... The last piece of what a city council person is, is, to, is constituent service. So the city council person is a direct representation for the district that it represents. So when something go wrong in your neighborhood, on your block, on your street, you know who you call? City council. 
right? And so you shouldn't have to go to the council chambers to say, like, this messed up. You should have the relationship with your city council. They work for us. We are, And I'm saying this as somebody that's running for the office. But what people forget is, like, our money pays for this. And so it's not you're not doing us a favor when you show up to our meetings or show up to our neighborhoods. No, you need to be here because we elected you. And so that's a big piece of it for me is making sure like people don't have to you, you don't have to find me. I'm going to be there. Right. You're going to see me. Uh, and I think people we don't feel that enough. So that's the last piece, really, um, about what, what people see and know for their city council person, which is super, super, super important. Elections October 9th, bro. October 9th. All right. Everybody, y'all heard the man. Elections is October 9th. You feel what I'm saying? We're listening to this, this young trailblazer that we got here. You know what I'm saying? Running for a city council member, District D. We need this representation. You feel what I'm saying? We need, we definitely need this representation because at the end of the day, again, I think your representation, the, one of the most important parts, and I have to say this, of course, because I'm a teacher, is the education that, you know, can be provided from your representation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oftentimes, we, a lot of people take for granted who the vessel that's yep. giving the message rather than, yep. you know what I'm saying, just the message itself. Yes, the message is important, yep. but the vessel that gives the message is this is equally as important, if not even more important, because ain't nobody going to hear what you got to say yeah. if they feel like they can't relate to it, they can't fuck with you. And like, I'm it not, is what it is. And I, and I tell people, I'm not boasting, but like, they're, this is just such a pivotal moment, bro. Right. Like, you won't find another person that has my personal lived experience along with my professional experience. I run an organization in the business that only hired people that went to jail. And we've hired over 100 people in the last year. When the, when the federal government gave out stimulus payments, we gave 800 people in the city that, that went to jail $2,000 each because people was hurting. We gave them a, we, ter- we called it the returning citizen stimulus. Well, we gave over 800 people in the city, $2,000 each, bro. And, and tell us what organization this is what again? CEO, Center for Employment Opportunities, which, I'm, which employment I'm over. Awesome. I'm the director for it. Um, but like, you won't find nobody with the, the lived experience and the professional experience that's uniquely qualified for this role. Um, so I'm like, we got to make this shit happen, right? Cause when we look up and say, damn, bro. My vote don't matter. Uh, damn, bro. Like the city, our elected officials don't do nothing for us. Shit, we got this. The, this it right here. Yeah. This it. So that's that's what happened in Georgia. What happened was when we elected our the two senators that changed the election um, in Georgia, there was two Republican on held seats and then two Democrats won it. They wanted to suppress voters. They make sure they either can't get to the ballot, make it harder to get to the ballot, et cetera, which is real. And we, we forget like in New Orleans, New Orleans is blue, a blue state as in Democrat and liberal and progressive. But Louisiana is Republican. super Republican. But what people don't remember and don't know is that, you know what two states has the most black people in the country? Take a guess. The two states in a country that have the most black people in it. I would say Louisiana and Mississippi. Louisiana and Mississippi. And so we say they two red states, but you know who has the possibility to turn them blue? Black people. So if we all registered to vote and got out to vote, they wouldn't be red states. We got the most black people in the South. And in these two states, we just got to get out and actually stop saying, like, I will vote no matter. And I get it. Like, for a while, I was like, fuck, I ain't voting. My vote don't matter either. And then I was, I see how this impacts, and I won't curse. I've been working on my cursing because my two-year-old be cursing, and I, it's my fault. But we see how this stuff impacts us, bro. 
It's like you can you can you can get in the game and be involved, or you can sit out and let it hit you in your face. All right, so you just you just put something on my mind with that one. Now, uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing: just because we saying you know that people, you know, black people have the opportunity to vote, like we're not telling anybody to vote Democrat. No, we're not telling anybody to vote Republican. You know, what I'm saying, I'm saying be civically engaged, voting your interest and be civically engaged. That's one thing. That was another thing. I'm glad we going into that because civic our civic engagement from. A city council member, like I'm, I'm coming at you, like we look, we manifesting this shit. We, we here, we here in the seat. Tell me, as a citizen of New Orleans, what can I do first of all to be civically engaged? And so, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say it from this point of not necessarily understanding, not just that one time thing that it caused me for the vote, but like as a living, breathing citizen, I'm going out here every day. Like, either what information do I need or what can I be looking at or paying attention to in order for me to realize, okay, I'm a citizen and I'm civically engaged so I can express my concerns yeah. to whomever. Like, yeah. how can so, I figure that information out? It's levels. One, All I would right. say, like, as simple as doing research and figuring out, like, what's going on in your neighborhood. And two, before, when I was 25, I became the youngest president of my neighborhood association, which is a volunteer role, but it essentially means you're like the captain for your whole neighborhood. Uh, And in that role, like I had to bring sandbags to elderly folks. I had to clean storm drains to make sure our neighborhoods don't flood. I did gun buybacks so that young people had opportunities to bring their guns in when they won't give them to the police, but we brought them back. They brought them back to us. They sold them to us and, and I did a partnership. So I think it's like, understanding one, the landscape of where you stand and then two, like just getting involved and doing shit, whether that's cleaning up your neighborhood, whether that's, um, um, investing in black owned businesses, whether that's, um, um, making sure that, um, uh, if you have a house, if you have a house for rent or, or, or if you have a house for sale, like ensuring that people who represent and love the city and are culturally competent, be a part of that process. Yeah, right. And right. then like registering to vote, and signing up to vote, um, because that matters. So like everyday stuff where, um, it's really just you paying attention to what's going, what's showing up and what's going on in your neighborhood and being involved in that. And I'm not saying be involved in it 24 seven. People don't have the capacity right. to be involved yeah, and, with and, it 24 seven. That's, one of, the things, and that's one of the things that kind of blocks people from like really understanding what's going on is like, because it's not in their face all the time, you can't, you ain't involved in the 24 seven. Some shit, you feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it, like there should be something or I'm just, I guess I'm asking like, what is it? Like, where can we start from those individuals who are trying to get more involved in their, com- in their community? Like when it comes to our research or what we're yeah. doing, where can we start? I'm just thinking, okay, like, yeah, so I think like or, figure know, out, right. You got no other account, but figure out what you, I don't want people to just like go try to search for shit. I think right. you figure out cause it's so much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did, I was like, I want to know what I'm passionate about. And I think that's where it started. Because if you're passionate about it, then you're more prone to stay involved. Right. So I knew I was passionate about when I saw that stat, 99% of kids that get arrested are black, black kids. kids that's... I, I'm like, 
I'm I need I'm passionate about this. Yeah. I need to figure out. So like figure out what you're passionate about, whether that's affordable housing, mm-hmm. whether that's criminal justice reform, um, whether that's cleaning my neighborhoods, etc. And then literally, once you figure out what you're passionate about, if you Google and we know we'd be on our phone, or if you're on IG and say like organizations that do criminal justice reform, there are a whole bunch. Or organizations that fight for affordable housing, uh-huh. there are a whole bunch. Organizations that clean neighborhood, neighborhood association meetings, etc. Absolutely. I'm on a board for TCA. Which so it's like My if you works for TCA. Uh okay. I'm on a yeah, board. Um so if you figure out what you're uh-huh. passionate about, I think that's the lens that you take. Because I don't want people to get overwhelmed or try mm-hmm. to take it all in. Because right. uh, it's too much. So figure out that one thing that you want to do or that one thing that you're passionate about and then you take that route and take that lane. Even if you're a business owner, like figuring out the type of people you hire. Mm-hmm. If your kids go to a school, figuring out what they teachers look like, right. who represent them on the boards, etc. So figure out that one thing that you're passionate about and then you take the initiative to do that in your own way. Right. That's it. Right there, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. Y'all heard the man. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got their own lane. Everybody got their own, you know, again, got their own story. You got to figure out what you're passionate about in order to, you know, in order to be involved. Like, so let's get involved, ladies and gentlemen. We ain't got no excuses nowadays, to be quite honest with you. Man, we have so all the much avenues in the world. It's hard. Let me tell you, bro. It's hard to care because a few reasons. One, people always tell you things going to change, and change takes time. And so you don't see it every day. And so people be like, it don't make no sense to get involved. And two, like what we forget is that New Orleans is a city. The economy is built on hospitality and tourism and the restaurant industry. That means people ain't making guap. People ain't making money. So you can't, you literally can't afford to be involved and to be thinking about this shit. My mama couldn't, even if my mama wanted to, um, she couldn't be involved in a meaningful way. One, she was on crack. Two, she had no job. And when she did have a job, she was working at a fast food place or at a hospital. Uh, I'm gonna say at a uh, at a little restaurant. So it's like when you when you can't figure out where the next meal is coming from, it's hard for me to come in your face and be like, "You need to be involved." You get what I'm saying? Right. right? It's like let's figure out how to make sure people straight. Uh huh. Um, and then people will be more prone when that's all out the way. When you know your kids got school uniforms and school shoes and, and school clothes, etc. It's like then you know I'll be more likely and more prone to be involved. Or we even, can't forget that. Right. Absolutely. Or even like providing things, you know, for people again. To give them a sort of peace of mind, uh, providing things for people so that they can continue to be straight. You know, what yep. I'm saying? I can get you straight right now. You know, what I'm saying with this is that and the third. But when it comes to actually, you know, having people, you have to create that type of environment again. Like, so it's just it is just more than just getting out the marketing and shit like that. Like. A lot of those jobs are no disrespect, or, but like they're not highly educated people that's really working those jobs. <laughs> not saying that they're not intelligent people, you know what I'm saying? But I think we need to uh, invest more into our education because we have one of. The, I think I don't know what's the stats now, but I know when I was in high school, we was like last. second to the last. Oh yeah, it's still the same. You know what I'm saying? It's still the same. I mean, you know, no no politician is willing to die on a sort of education. Because That's it crazy. takes too much, it takes too much time. You don't right. fix it overnight. It's, right. it's, it's people always want to debate it. Nobody's like, I'm going, my one main thing going to be education. You don't ever hear nobody say that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we stay last in it because mm-hmm. nobody's willing to die on the sofa because everything that it takes, um, to make it happen. But 
that's part of it for me, bro. It's pushing all those issues, championing all those issues to make sure um, everybody and our people straight. Absolutely. So when it comes to, like, I guess being a city council member, and <clears throat> how would you, I guess, how would, what was my next question? Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to get into this. So, I, you know, so again, being a city council member or, or having to choose, or again, making those very, very important decisions when it comes to our community, I know that there are several issues that our community has, you know, literally been dealing with, let's say within the past, you know, three, four months. All right. So, and I know one of those issues is, Crime, of course, you know what I'm saying? But that's been something that's been going on in our city for, for quite a long time. So it's kind of like at times I don't even want to ask the question mm. of like what should, what can you do about it? But I feel like if we don't talk about it, it's still going to be like a thing where, that, where it's just like literally like people can't even feel safe doing the simplest of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've seen too much video, too much surveillance of people just, you know what I'm saying, literally minding their own business at no point of, like, don't even think about doing anything crazy. And But then something crazy happens to them just because of the, you know, I guess the social econ- economic yeah. backgrounds or uh, uh, yeah. consequences of what's going on in the world today. Yeah, so I would say crime and public safety is huge, 100%. And people should feel safe. To pump their gas, people should feel safe to sit on their porch, take a walk, etc. And part of that for me is holding people accountable, which is one big piece. But also another piece is like remember the saying that like it takes a village. Mm-hmm. That used to mean something, and like because it's actually going to take a village. There has been no administration that I know of that solved crime. I don't know if you know of one, but I don't know of one that solved crime. What people have done better is. We brought together the right group of people. And for me, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. I think we have to start with bringing back, bringing together the right group of people. That's parents. That's educators. That's folks who work in a nonprofit space. That's barbers. That's beauticians. That's, that's, that's like everyday people. That's, that's politicians, et cetera. I don't think it needs to all be on one group of people. But we need to bring them back, bring together everybody so that everybody can figure out what's working in their spaces. Because some some shit that the barbers do well, politicians ain't thinking about. Like, right. well, we don't know. Like, barbers are mediators. But one, barbers are nosy. They know everything that's happening in their shop. Two, they know what the little dude's up to. If they about to do something, bar- your barber know. You get what I'm saying? Like, because you're in the pop ca- barbers know. So I think it's starting with bringing together a collection of people so we can figure out real solutions and take into account, like, Again, New Orleans is hard on young people, and Man. we can't tell people what not to do and not give them an alternative. Right. You get what I'm saying? Because if we just say, don't do that. Remember how your parents or your people used to be like, don't do that. What you did? You did that. And you're like, don't pick that up. Or don't take that from the store. Or don't go outside. You usually do the thing that they tell you not to do. Exactly. Just and so we need to figure out real viable solutions and alternatives for our young people, old people, et cetera, that take into account the fact that one of this a lot of um, parent households that's not two parent household. People are living in poverty. Um, people are traumatized, etc. Hold them accountable, but also like have real viable so options. You so what you're saying is you considering crime to be a tertiary issue? Oh, absolutely. That's a huge part of it. I think about when I was out when I was 16, 17, 15. I made a lot of mistakes. Right. I know for a fact. Like I used to like climb up windows. I've I've done my share of things, and I was also hurting. 
and young and stupid, right? And made a lot of mistakes. But as people started to invest, I started to have alternatives that taught that started to shape and change the tra- to the, the the trajectory from right. where I was going. So I think that's a big piece of it for me, bro. Damn. That's real. That's real. But it ain't going to – it literally takes a village, bro. And if we love our kids and our young people in a way that we say we do, right, like, it, it's you'll be willing and more likely to step up and realize that you, like, you part of that village. Everybody yeah, should absolutely. be looking – right, everybody should be looking around absolutely. and be like, how can I be part and, of that village? And I can, I can easily – people – just to speak about the people around me, you know what I'm saying, or just to speak about, you know what I'm saying, just the village – Everybody, again, everybody has a role. Everybody has a lane. You know what I'm saying? Like, your lane, you know, now is politics. And people can come to you. Young men can come to you, see you, and be like, damn, I know that I can be that. Like, no matter if I'm looking like this, I know that one day, you know what I'm saying, if I get my act together or when I get my act together, I can be yep. him. I can see Squirrel. Be like, damn, Squirrel really a family man. Like, yep. A gardener, yep. you know what I'm saying, and a musician, like yep. two shit that's like, you know what I'm saying, your own boss or some shit. Like you, your own boss, you your own business. You know what I'm saying. You advocating for yourself and you taking care of yours. You know what and, I'm saying. And I sell tea. And he sell tea. Shout out to Herbs dot com. Get Facts. your Nolabody herbs. You know what I'm saying. We got Legit. the teas, the goat milk soaps, the uh, what is the other cordials? You feel what I'm saying. You got to get that. all of that shit. You dig know what I'm saying. Get your Nolabody herbs. Nolabodyherbs.com, you know, nice little, pre- little break right there, little marketing break. But, you know, yeah, and like, and even just kind of looking at myself, like, I'm a teacher, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I teach math, you know, in the local school, a local middle school down the street, Arthur Ashe, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, like, <clears throat> and, you know, also a musician, you know what I'm saying? Getting yep. to what I'm getting to. And, you know, we got this podcast going. So it's like everybody got their lane to us. Like, I'm, it's one of them things where, like, all men, all men over the age of 21 or even over the age of 25, man, grab you a few of these little niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, mentor somebody. Yep. You know what I'm saying? No matter who it is. Absolutely. Like, grab one of, one of them. You know one what I'm saying? When we talk about taking a village, like, that's yep. what we mean. Like, grab, like, the one in the neighborhood. Like, yep. they got two little kids in the neighborhood yep. that really like, you know, cooling with the dog and, like, chilling with my dog. Like, let me talk to y'all. Like, y'all good? Yep. Like, everything is like, here, you know, take a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Get you something from the store, whatever. So you ain't got to go out there yeah. and steal or do this or whatever. And you really have somebody that you respect, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, that look up to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody that's over the age of 21, over, I'm going to say over the age of 21, if you ain't got no little niggas out here that, you know, that respect you, you know what I'm saying, you got you moving a little wrong right now. Because the same way that we out here trying to grab people on the opposite end, they're trying to get grabbed up too, right? Because I remember when I was 16, 17, dudes on the block was like, look, we could put you on, right? And so, right. like, if we, that same energy and tenacity that, that's on that other end, we need to be matching that energy and tenacity. Be so, like trying uh, to so you're saying up. that people, like, when it comes to, like, more positive things, that there's just a more, it's more of a tenacious grab for the Absolutely. young people when it comes to doing some horrible shit than yep. it is to doing some positive stuff. Absolutely. And if we care, again, if we care in the way that we say we care, bro, we will be coming with that type of energy instead of just trying to lock all our young people up or, uh, like, send them to jail for life. All that, no study shows that sending a young person to jail for life is the right answer. Right. Because people don't see, like, that's a waste of life. Then their mama impacted. Their siblings impacted. If they got kids, they impacted. Then it's generational. Right, and so that's part of it. Yeah, man, that's that's real, man. That's some real shit going on on your bro. Now, uh, another thing, you know, what I'm saying that like we got to talk about. So again, you know, one of those things, 
like that I'm pretty much just getting from getting from Troy right now that this isn't crime isn't something that's you know the high council can just sit up here and just be like well, we're gonna do this this that and third and then everybody should just gonna stop fucking up you know what I'm saying and doing whatever they're doing this is literally like things you know crime is literally uh uh what's the word that I'm looking for a byproduct of like some real serious social economic like disparities that's happening. Out and here. I'm not like, saying we you know can't do that. We can do some of more course, things. We can put course. some crime cameras up. We can put some all more calls. We can have um, resource officers that, that that walk the district. We can invest in young people, make sure NORD is working and funded effectively so that young right people there. have alternatives. But it needs to be cure violence. It needs to be the office of gun violence. It needs to be all those things that play a role. Give the police a raise so we could get more police on the show. No, I don't disagree. I think absolutely. Not only should we give the police a raise, the police needs to be culturally um, culturally competent and trained um, so they can know how to de-escalate situations. They need to understand um, how the police um, was even formed and how that was a measure of keeping slaves intact. Like we need all we need to do all now, that, and people need to know that. Now <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Go ahead. I feel you on that. You're talking about, you know, they need to be culturally trained, and culturally competent, whatever, whatever, whatever. I feel you on that. Real talk. I really do. But just on some levels, mm-hmm. you have certain police officers that don't give a damn about that. Oh, you, that's a fact. Like, just straight up and down. That's they, a fact. There are some officers that don't give a fuck about that. And then, secondly, you feel what I'm saying? It always seems that that, that patrolling our neighborhoods... I'm always seeing somebody that don't look like me. Right here. Laughing at Paris. I'm always seeing officers that I wouldn't be able that I wouldn't even consider talking to on the street for real for real. Right. So that's why our stuff needs to be tight on the on one as a city council, the mayor's stuff and the department, Chief Ferguson and stuff need to be tight so that if there are um, outliers of officers who don't give a fuck, right? We need to make sure they know that they, they will be held accountable. And to, to, to your second point, when I got arrested at 17, Officer Sykes, who saw me like two weeks ago and was crying again, every time she saw me, she started crying because she knew my situation. Right. And she knew my mom was on crack. She knew I was trying to take care of my little sisters. She knew where I lived. She knew when I used to walk to school. And so when she arrested me, like it hurt for her to arrest me. But she, that wouldn't happen if she didn't know me. You get right. what I'm saying? She knew my, she like intimately knew my shit. And so when she arrested me, she was like, Troy, yo, she literally said, when I tried to run with handcuffs on, she was like, Troy, if your stupid ass wouldn't have ran, like we'd have, it would have been different. But if, if officers don't know neighborhoods in that way, right, like exactly. in that way where you know what officer sites could name my mama and say like, I saw your mama on the street, on the block at that, three o'clock in the morning, part, I know what's part, happening. That part. If they can't, if they can't do that, then that like part. that relationship between exactly. police and community will always, will be, strained. always be strained. And so that's for me, it's pushing to make sure like people know, cause all, all let me tell you, there are some, there are some bro. really, really, really good like officers that. who care about community, Man. bro. I'm telling you, they are. No, they that's all. Talk. That's cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you though. Like, just being in education, you know what I'm saying? We do cultural, you know, cultural yep. training all of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just to be quite honest with you, like, a lot of times, you know, it's just, that shit seem like, like just, it seemed like this shit just fall on deaf ears. People are going to do what they yeah. set out to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if, like, again, all intentions, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
can be good intentions. But, you know, you could be literally harming and doing some, like, you know, under underlining evil stuff and not necessarily realize or not even necessarily knowing it, but you're doing it with good intentions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I understand, like, the cultural competence and everything like that. But, you know, like, we got to have our people in our neighborhoods in order for us to just, fuck, knock the edge off. Yep. Because I ain't, because, you know what I'm saying, if, if it wasn't for, again, I, there was a time where I had some run, a running with the police, you feel what I'm saying, on some, you know, on some on some simple shit. But if it wasn't for those officers being, you know, looking like me and kind of having the same story that I had, you feel what I'm saying, or if it wasn't for, you feel what I'm saying, if it wasn't for, uh, if it wasn't for us literally just being around the corner yeah. from, you know, from where we was coming from and having that story again, like, Shit, who knows how they would have how they would have went? They like who knows how that shit would have went? So that shit is that's that's important. You know what I'm saying? Because that's you know that's something that I personally had a had an experience with. You know what I'm saying? So that's you know that's some that's some shit that we gotta we definitely want to push for having our own people in our own neighborhoods. We got to we got to push for that because you know what I'm saying? Because we like just just quite honestly, bro, like. Having anybody else, and I'm, you know, I'm not, we not trying, I just think we just, people just have to be more culturally sensitive to where we come from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one another thing, too. Like, have, I understand, like, people, you know, they go through training and everything like that, but they also have to realize, like, with where we came from and what this country did to us and did to our people over those generations and generations and generations, some shit you're just going to have to bear with. If you, you know what I'm saying, if you really talk about making change. Well, that's one of the things that, okay, having police in our neighborhood, knowing that we are, in a sense, traumatized yep. from the police, knowing literally the fucking start of the police was on some, you know what I'm saying, on some slave catcher type shit. So your yep. whole organization has been against my people since the beginning. So the, at least, the least you can do is just have motherfuckers that look like me, not even to the point to where it can be even more dangerous because even though they look like me don't mean that they... Even though your skin folk ain't always your kin folk. Yep. You feel what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Your skin folk ain't always your kin folk, but fuck, I'd rather see my skin folk at first glance because it's easy for me to read that motherfucker and know that he ain't my kin folk rather than it is, you know, knowing that somebody already ain't my, you know what I'm saying? And they coming to me acting like that they, you know, that they really want to protect and serve. And it's the same thing I say about folks who move to the city. I'm like, as my, I love, I love black people, bro. Like, I just love black people. I also say that, like, if you are allied to the work, to the cause, and you respect the culture, the culture bearers, and the folks that made this city what it is, and the folks, like, you love everything that people love about this city is because of black people. Just simple. Oh, absolutely. And so if you can respect and love that, then we can welcome you here. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, and, and it's like, that's, if you don't realize that, then Know that you're the problem. Yep. <laughs> like, just flat out. If you don't realize that, know that you are a part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, only, you can't come to our city, you know, slinging your weight around, you know, coming from somewhere else, thinking that, you know, shit just sweet and that, as if people don't cherish this city, like, with their whole heart and whole entire soul. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's literally people have spilled blood, sweat, and tears on these streets. Protecting, running, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Protecting, running to, or running from. You know what I'm saying? 
from something in these streets or something out here in this city. So just always remember, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a very, very special place. You know what I'm saying? Special people come from a place like this. So. And you feel yeah. it. It's in there, bro. Like, it ain't taught. Oh, my God. It's like, it's just in there, bro. It's, it's in everybody, in too. In some way, shape, or form, it's in everybody. That that's real, and I say to to what to that point I say to love New Orleans to experience New Orleans in a way that we experience New Orleans and to still love New Orleans is something you can't explain because you can't explain why a my city that's boy, been so hard you really can't. Oh my gosh, bro! It's like it's crazy. I'm like any other thing that that's that you experience in this way you would hate or you would be like I gotta get I gotta go, but like it's just. It hit different, bro. When I'm out of town for too long, I'm like, I gotta come back to the city. I gotta come back to the city. I can't Boy, be out of town I, for too long. I used to stay running back to this motherfucker when I moved to Houston. Stayed on the road. I stayed on the road, moving like coming back, moving from Houston. You know, I was moving, moving from New Orleans, went to Houston for a while. I stayed. It's like the city kept calling me. Like I, for some, for some reason, I always was back here. Like for some reason. visit Chicago and Jersey and shit going on with my auntie and uncle. When I was out there in the summer for two months, two and a half months, boy, I used to be ready to come back home. Send me back home. I'm ready to go. You do? Real talk, real talk. And it's like, you know, by New Orleans being such an infectious place, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like only us that can really, like, you know what I'm saying, do right by the city. Like, those individuals who come from here, it yeah. seems like mostly mostly us can do right by the city, which leading me to, like, you know, you know, we, we, we fuck with our girl. You know, we fuck with T.D. But, like, this is, you know, this is one of my big questions, and it's kind of seemed like she kind of showing her colors on this one, but maybe as a person who's running from, running for a city council member and who's in those spaces, maybe you can offer us a little bit more clarification on this. The desire to move City Hall into Congo Square. That's a major, major topic. That's one of the things, like, we didn't have a whole movement, second line, and everything like that, marching on the ground. Not sure how much that's going to do or what that's going to change, but can you please offer us some insight on that? Like, what, like where, what, what's up with that? Yeah, so I would say, I, I don't know if you follow me on IG, but you go with Glover, uh, Troy, uh, search, just search Troy Glover on IG and Facebook, but... Um, I was at the rally. I, I marched the whole time from city, from Congo Square to City Hall. Um, I am adamantly against um, moving uh, City Hall to Congo Square. I think as as much as we love New Orleans, and as you say, New Orleans is such a given space. It's also such such an extractive space. But people would like to take a lot from us because of the culture, the hospitality, etc. And Congo Square is such a sacred space for black people bro um and it, it can't and should not ever be touched and i don't care if we got money to touch it if we got money to touch it right we can touch it and we can we can we can we can we can um do some put some upgrades to it right, we can make like it a community it, space right. etc but what we what like, we absolutely be. it one trillion percent needs to be for the people and i think us showing up in that way showed the mayor that like as much as we we adopted the td Cantrell. We, we had shirts. We, we was going to say, not my TD shirts. Like, we was about, listen, not my TD. It, listen, you my don't. TD ain't doing no you, shit. Like you don't that. touch that. You can't touch you that. You don't touch like, that. We know what's up. And so we I think she learned, she learned how strong this city is around spaces 
um, especially spaces for black people. And so she pushed back off. The city council just um, approved something or, or introducing something that any relocation of city hall will have to go through city council approval. Right. So the, the mayor won't have all autonomy to make that decision. I think that'll be good. But no matter what, I think the city council is smart enough. And now the mayor is smart enough to control. And we give her that because black people adopted her. Black New Orleanians adopted her. Gave a, a nice, you know, like some, you, you don't, you don't touch that boo. Like you, you don't, 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 don't touch that. And yeah. so I think moving forward will be good, but that's, that's just one way that when black people show up and allies show up and we continue to show up, things move. Right. Absolutely. A day after a day or two after we had that press conference, you saw news articles, you saw these new statements being released because you know, the power of people and when the power of people show up, you got to move. So you, currently, so currently we're looking for somewhere. They're still looking to move city hall. And there has been several administrations that have been looking to move City Hall, and it hasn't been done. I think it's been done a total of like two or three times. Or like the same building that it's in. Just re- like re- uh, renovate that one. Yeah. Um, there are several options. Bring it to the East. Shit. Man, that's, bring it to that's the, east. the option right there. Um, bring that shit out there to the bring East, it to the man. East. But what you ain't going to do is touch black spaces, especially you know sacred space black spaces. Out there? Y'all, can, y'all can build y'all a whole kind of fucking complex out there. How? I don't know. How y'all gonna separate each other from New Orleans? Like the uh, but I didn't know that about separating them on the. So people from the east trying to separate themselves from the world because they feel like people didn't push them, people didn't push them out. They're tired of this shit. They're trying to. I, I mean, shit. I feel like. Who, so what y'all gonna? What y'all gonna be? Y'all gonna be your own city? Listen. Y'all gonna be out. What y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna. You know how far the east down? go? Do the east go so far back too, bro? If there was one place that could make look, what the what that is the Six Flags makes put, put city hall in Six Flags. They got buku options. So, close, damn, bro. that is. That would be far as hell to put that bitch for real. Yeah, that's a lot. That's kind of far. We missing court right shit. now. Niggas, yeah, he's missing court right. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? But like, so what? So what? I don't know if you know this, but what even sparked that idea? Who the fuck put them cookies so in our some, head like there, that? There are some funding that I think came from FEMA that has to go specifically toward the municipal auditorium, right? So there's some funding there allocated toward it. And what we said is, shit, good. Use the funding. Yeah. Absolutely gotta, use the funding. That don't mean put City Hall yeah, left. Yeah, like that's not. Right? There are so many options for what to do with the funding. You can you can still use the funding. You can make it a community space. You can make it an art space. That We got options, options. But what you don't need to do is make it City Hall. And so that's, I think, what sparked the idea. But again, like when black people and allies show up, bro, like we show up and we show out, bro. A second, a second line in the march can move some stuff, and so I think that's that's part of the reason. But I think moving forward, she'll be more thoughtful about the decisions that she make. But also, like what I say to my people, and I say this to folks in the criminal justice space and the housing space, I say we don't get tired of electing folks that we gotta. We don't get tired of electing folks that we gotta teach the shit to, uh, uh, tell them what to do, or like advocate for them to know and learn the issues that we care about. I say, why not? Why we ain't putting somebody there that already know or that already get it? 
Converse. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I say, y'all ain't tired of having to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Now, to my knowledge, she has been here, you know, I guess in the city for, you know, for a little yeah, time. Yeah, she's been here a while. And listen, I, let me tell you. For a while. T.D. Cantrell. This, she was she a, the great Xavier. Xavier grad. And she was also a city council member yep, for as District well for, for, you know, for some years. In that Broadmoor area. But, like, I, I, I love and respect everything T.D. Cantrell did with the she was the one who got the Broadmoor yep. neighborhood. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, damn, what that was. Man, what. Oh, I can't remember that because I was living in Broadmoor okay. at the time. Okay. She got the community Bro- center over there and everything. Yeah, the Broadmoor So, like, community she was the president of the Broadmoor okay. Neighborhood Association. I was the president of the St. Rock Neighborhood Association. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. We ain't used to call that neighborhood Broadmoor. I'm just saying. I, like, I grew up night too far. We used to go to that Cajuns. I grew, that's not too far from the project. That's right there. We just call all that uptown. But right, I'm talking about, we talking about right here by Napoleon, bitch, where the second line pass at, bitch. Where, y'all, where you play, where you literally perform down the street from every fucking day that, that community center right there around the corner. From Jazz It Up. Yeah, like, so, there's, it, it's Broadmoor now. So we'll see, bro. <clears throat> but yeah, man, so, we just wanted to uh, just thank you for I coming and rocking with us, you know what I'm saying? That was a couple of things that we wanted I to touch on. I appreciate This was fun, bro. Listen, you know I get saying? tired of talking to boring people. <laughs> I got I to say, you know, say the right things, answer the same damn question. Nah, like we, I just get tired. Of it. And be, this is and this is more where that came from. You know listen. what I'm saying? Like you, you know, you family. You know, three five graduate. You know what I'm saying? You from the city. So anytime you got a message, anytime you need a platform to come and talk, you know, please, what I'm saying? You want please, people? legit, bro. Please spread the word. We in the district right now, hosting district this D. district D seven wall, eight wall, nine wall, Gentilly, a little bit of the nine, a um, little bit of the upper nine, and a little bit of the east, bro. If you know anybody. In any of those areas, please do tell them early voting starts September 25th. It's September 25th to October 2nd. If you ain't registered to vote, I can send you the leak. Go vote. Go and vote. then for early vote and vote Glover, Troy Glover for District D. Send me that link so I'll we send can it put to you. that on our Instagram. I'm going to do that. And then election day is October 9th. District D. Send me your fly and everything you. so we can, you know, we can post that. Yep. You dig what I'm saying? It's a community effort. Like we say, it takes a village. This is our avenue. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we talking we about it takes a village. We can't miss this moment, bro. I'm telling you, they ain't going to be, they ain't going to come again. We have to support each other I in all this. I fuck with you, Troy. I fuck with your story. You came from my school. You feel what I'm saying? Again, Ryan people Eagle. don't, man, people don't understand. We got the greatest motherfuckers in the world right now. That like, alumni base series, bro. Oh, squirrel. From the years 2000. In six to 2012, boy. Popping. Boy, we got some motherfuckers out here. Emmy Awards, Grammy, Grammy nominated motherfuckers. Politicians. Popping. Lawyers, doctors, educators, musicians out the ass, actors, actresses. Like, and I'm talking about winning Emmys, not even acting, bitch, winning Emmys on the news. Popping. Doing media work, you feel what I'm saying? Like shout out to, like shout out to, shout out to to love. Like I'm telling you, it's really, 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 really popping out. You like we got some three five alumni. Like I don't know what that school did us. I don't know. Like the guys of the heavens just opened up on them a few years and just Amen. blessed us with all of the talent in the world. Amen. You feel what I'm saying? On all on ESPN with it. You feel yep. what I'm saying? All on BT with it. You know what I'm saying? Just like that was that was your years. Like yep. you know what I'm saying that was your, that was one of your years where. Our school was on ESPN yep. playing the fo- playing football yep. game. B 
BET came through, you know what I'm saying, and blessed our uh, vocalists and everything. We yep. still got those individuals out there that's making music today. Shout out to Josh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Ryan Glaspie, you know what yep. I mean? I mean, Raheem Glaspie. I just saw Raheem, bro. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we, you know, still in the city. Like, we all family. We still all fuck with each other. So this is an amazing thing, you know what I'm I saying? I appreciate so we this support. opportunity again, bro. Absolutely. Real talk. Absolutely. I appreciate this, man. And I hope that there are Anytime, more spaces man. that's curated for this type of setting, bro, where you can really just chop it up, bro, and talk about real shit that matter. Yeah. Any, and anytime, you know what I'm saying? Anytime we got some shit that's going on in the city, that we want to inform y'all, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to reach out. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, now that we have a person that we know that's a friend and family to the show, if y'all got questions or whatever, I'm like, like, uh, next time, just to continue to grow the brand, you know what I'm saying, we on you, we with you with your campaign trail, District D, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to be advocating for you. Of course, this is the district that I live in, so you already know. Like, I need a I sign in front of all y'all houses. If y'all want to sign, give me a hit Come, me up on IG. Go yeah, with Glover. Get a sign in front of everybody's crib. We're going to make get this a happen. Sign out, you know what I'm saying? We definitely got to get a sign out because we fuck with you, Charlie. We appreciate you. And also, like, some of my some of my closest friends, like, y'all frat brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to Apple Fire Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Oh, six. You know what I'm saying? So, and shout out to all, all of my partners that didn't, that didn't crossed over there and, and did their thing. So, <clears throat> so yeah, like, we appreciate you for coming, man. I like, appreciate y'all all love, me, man. Bro. So, y'all holler at us. You know what I'm saying? Again, this is your most humble and gracious host, TT. I got my fucking co-host right here with me. Squirrel out the nine, you hear me? And it's the Raw Talk Podcast. Appreciate you, Char Glover, for coming through. You know what I'm saying? Remember, go with Glover. Tell him your uh, Instagram. It's go with Glover. You can search Troy Glover or go with Glover on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Hit me up, bro. Let me know if y'all have any questions. Let's do this shit together. G-E-A-U-X. Go with Glover. G-E-A-U-X. Go with Glover, bro. Hit me up, man. I appreciate y'all. Of course, y'all know y'all fuck with us. Raw Talk underscore Raw Talk Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We howling at this on all of the major platforms y'all listen y'all fuck with it i appreciate you everybody for sharing the fly in you know what i'm saying just you know bearing with us throughout all of this you know what i'm saying we birthed through the pandemic and we're gonna keep pushing this we're here for the health of the community the public health you dig and we you know we doing it we doing it big around this bitch so it is what it is go with glover appreciate you again Troy, for coming out it's the raw talk podcast we out this bitch Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.